Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Inside LBUSD, the Laguna Beach Unified School District podcast. This episode features a wonderful conversation between our public information officer, Dr. Shelley Spessard, Superintendent, Dr. Jason Valoria, and five very special guests around the work LBUSD has recently begun on diversity, equity, and inclusion, or DEI. It's a powerful conversation that we hope is meaningful and a catalyst for many future conversations around this important topic. And now, the inside scoop with Public Information Officer, Dr. Shelley Spessard, and Superintendent, Dr. Jason Valoria. Welcome to the Superintendent's Podcast. This is Shelley Spessard, LBUSD's Public Information Officer. And today I am joined here by a handful of stakeholders from our amazing community. I'd like to welcome warmly Principal Joe Vidal of Thurston Middle School. We have Shaheen Sadal, parent in LBUSD and DEI chair for Laguna Beach Council PTA. We have Shannon McGowan here from No Place for Hate, Justin Toomer from Ed Elements, and Superintendent Valoria. We also have a student with us today. Noah Novick from Laguna Beach High School. Thank you all for being here. I'd like to take a moment for each of you to just tell us who you are and give us a a short little bio um, so our audience knows who we are, who we have speaking here today. So we'll start with you, Noah. Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, your affiliation with Laguna Beach Unified. Of course. Um, so my name is Noah Novick. I'm a high school senior at Laguna Beach High, um, and I have been in the district since top of the world elementary. Um, I am very excited to be here today and to talk about this topic. I think it's very important. So thank you for having me. Thank you, Noah. And Shaheen. Okay. Hi, I'm Shaheen Sedel. I'm a parent here in the district. I have two little kiddos in third and sixth grade. I'm also, as you mentioned, um, the PTA uh, PTA DEI chair, um, and also sit on the equity steering committee here in the district. So this is really important work to me personally, and um, I'm also an attorney by profession, so I love to advocate for for causes. Awesome, great to have you here today. And Shannon, tell us a little bit about yourself and how you're affiliated with Laguna Beach Unified. Hi everyone, yeah, Shannon McGowan here. Um, I am the Education Director for the uh, Anti-Defamation League, ADL, here in Orange County, Long Beach. And I am the Director for all of our trainings, our anti-bias trainings, as well as our uh, No Place for Hate uh, program that we have in schools. I have had the honor of working with Laguna Beach uh, Unified for the last three years that I've been here. They've actually been involved with ADL for longer than that. and so I've been really fortunate to work with them in um, throughout the whole district and with the different schools. There are no place for hate programs and our anti-bias trainings. Awesome, thank you all for being here. Uh, Justin, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and the work that Ed Elements is doing here with Laguna Beach Unified. Hello everyone, Justin Toomer here. I'm a senior design principal at Education Elements. I'm a former educator, teacher in elementary, middle and high schools and spent my time as a high school administrator as well before joining this work. 
as someone who is a first generation college graduate myself and feels like I, I live out uh, the equity work that I hope to kind of impart upon clients around the country um, every day, uh, this has been a, a really wonderful opportunity to spend the last uh, now year and year and some change, uh, really getting to know uh, the wonderful assets in the community here in Laguna and, and, and do my best to, to really uh, facilitate opportunities for the community to come together and, and really set goals and, and, and structure the structures in place that really work for them. Uh, so it's been a privilege and, and this has been a wonderful year. Uh, I'm based in Denver, Colorado, but I often uh, enjoy um, elongated trips uh, to come and visit uh, schools and teams here uh, in Laguna Beach. So you all will see me soon. All right, we're counting on it. You are always welcome here in Laguna. Um, we also have Joe Vidal, principal at Thurston Middle School. Joe? Thank you. Yeah, I started my educational journey as a special education teacher uh, many years ago, and then slowly progressed into elementary, middle, and even had district level administration. And about two years ago, my journey brought me here to Laguna Beach. And so I'm going into my second year here at Thurston Middle School. I'm proud to be here. And last but not least, we have Superintendent Valoria here with us today. Dr. Valoria, take a second to tell us about you. Well, let's see, this is my sixth year here in Laguna Beach. And prior to that, I've been in multiple other school districts, whether teacher, uh, classified employee, um, principal. And so just excited to have an opportunity to work in such an amazing place. It's really a privilege to be here in Laguna Beach with all the amazing parents and students and support we have and staff. So we're looking forward to continuing to engage in this work around equity, diversity, and inclusivity. Really, it's an important part of the work that we do uh, to support every student every day. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And just a little bit about me. Um, joined Laguna Beach a little, oh, it's almost been a year. So it's been incredible hopping into the DEI work that we're doing here, getting to know all of our amazing stakeholders. Uh, my background started as a PTA mom, uh, was a general ed, special ed teacher, uh, moved into a principal position, uh, worked at the district office up in Northern California in Stockton Unified, and then had the privilege of joining this amazing community. So I've really enjoyed seeing the work and diving into it, and I'm just excited to hear what you guys have to say. So thank you again for joining us. One of the first things I wanted to start out with is asking you kind of what your role has been in our efforts. And I know you each touched on it a little bit um, in your in your bio, um, but tell us a little bit about some of the um, experiences you've had uh, working with uh, the school district and diversity, equity, inclusion. So I'm gonna go ahead and start with Noah. Um, talk to us a little bit about some of the experiences that you've had as a student at Laguna Beach High School and coming up through our elementary and middle school. Mm -hmm. um, so I guess uh, I've always seen some form of bigotry or hate starting in the elementary school level. And I think that as I entered middle school, it became more pronounced. And as I matured, I started to realize like, hey, this isn't okay. So um, when I was in eighth grade, I began and I, I did a talk in the black box for the school about kindness and tolerance um, and just spoke a little about, bit about what it meant to me. Um, and as I moved on into high school, um, I participated in the ADL's um, Youth Leadership Initiative Program, um, which I found really meaningful. 
And uh, I guess most recently, I've been part of the Breaker Team Lunches, where we try to figure out, or at least discuss, um, innovative solutions to uh, help this problem. So that's kind of where I'm at now. Awesome, thank you, and we appreciate that perspective. It looks like you were a, a good fit for this work and happy to have you here today. And next we have Dr. Valoria. Tell us a little bit about the work that you have been doing in your role in Laguna Beach Unified School District. So specific to the diversity, equity, inclusivity work, uh, I've been uh, charged by the Board of Education to uh, convene a task force of students, staff, and parents to engage in the work. Uh, it's a little bit of a journey, as we all know, to start talking about, you know, what are we doing on behalf of all of our students, what, what's working, what's not working, and engaging our outside stakeholders through this process. So um, with that, we've brought in, you know, education elements. We have partnerships with ADL, uh, OC Human Relations, uh, several other outside agencies. And so part of my job is to work with our school sites to make sure that we're meeting the needs of our students and using those partnerships to expand upon that. So more recently, obviously, we've been working through the Education Elements team, and, and Justin's here with us today, really to talk about what uh, what are those opportunities for us to grow as a school district and uh, build upon the really powerful relationships we have here. Being as small as we are, uh, we know that we pretty much know all of our students by first name, and it's hard to hide in this small little school district, and that's a good thing. So for us moving forward um, in this work, I think we all recognize that uh, we want what's best for all of our students. We want to make sure that we're meeting individual needs, whether it's a student who needs additional support in social emotional, uh, additional support in mathematics. In order to do that, we need to know what, what our students are thinking and what their actual needs are and make sure we have those resources in place to do that. So when you think of equity, uh, equity has been able to identify those needs and the inclusivity piece of it is making them feel part of the work that we are doing. So with that, you know, just again, excited to be a part of this work in the school district. It's a very valuable opportunity that we need to move forward with. Um, Shannon, we're so, so blessed to have you here and would love to hear some of the work that you've been doing throughout the years here in Laguna Beach. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah, you know, as Noah mentioned, um, ADL's come in and worked a lot with Laguna Beach District. Um, they have been so proactive on working with DEI, working on equity issues, uh, really trying to create environments where every student belongs. Um, you know, they've done a lot of uh, anti-bias training with their teachers, faculty and staff a few years ago. Um, like they're working right now as No Place for Hate Schools. So we do have um, all four of the schools in the district. Um, I like to brag and say it's my, my full district of, of No Place for Hate Schools. Um, small but mighty, They're, they do such amazing work. And um, we've been fortunate enough uh, this year actually to work with both the high school and here at Thurston, um, working on uh, our peer leadership and our becoming an ally trainings with our students. And so that's been really fascinating and exciting uh, to be able to work with the students on the ground, really getting them uh, to feel like they can be allies and upstanders and really um, work towards that idea of making sure that everyone feels like they belong uh, here on campuses. And so it's been really exciting. That's awesome. Awesome. How often do you find a district that each school has the no place for hit designation? It's really rare. It's yeah. so rare. I mean, I think, 
you know, this district specifically wanted that for the district. Oftentimes we hear just, you know, schools here and there that are really excited about the program that want to do it. It's an annual program, so it really takes a lot of commitment from the school, from the faculty, and uh, from the students. It's a school-wide initiative, and so everyone has to be on board with it. And Laguna Beach has been has done an amazing job over the last four years at least. Um, I came into ADL about three years ago, so I kind of inherited um, their work, uh, but they've just really embraced that idea of working towards creating a place where there is no hate, where every student is an ally and an upstander. And it's just been amazing to see some of the incredible work from the elementary schools, the middle school, and the high school. Awesome to hear. Um, Joe, Principal Vidal. Talk to us a little bit about your journey with us. Well, thank you. Um, personally, started back as a special education teacher, and uh, and recognizing that you know there were just some missed opportunities or supports that really could have benefited from um, our students that we were working with, and that really drove me to push into administration and start looking at a systems level, which has brought me here to Thurston Middle School. So thank you so much. But. In regards to the relationship that I have here with Laguna Beach, I really feel that my role first and foremost is to learn alongside everyone as we kind of explore through this inquiry process, um, whether that's us exploring through historical survey data, uh, California Healthy Kids, Challenge Success, LCAP surveys, our recent DEI um, survey, and just having conversations with students, parents, and teachers. Uh, what is equity to you? Uh, what has been your experience? How can we ensure that we have supports in place in order for you to be successful? Um, are we offering an education that addresses the needs of the whole child? And so I think asking questions like that have really um, really helped me to understand how dynamic the issue can be and that you can't really treat equity with with absolutes, whether it exists or it doesn't exist because everyone's experience is so different with it. I also feel that it is slowly becoming more of a recorder and a communicator too as well. I recognize that not everyone has the opportunity to be at, at the table for these types of conversations, which can be an equity issue in itself. And so I think our community um, you know, works very hard and oftentimes it, it, they're limited to the opportunity to have uh, be a part of that conversation that one day or that one afternoon. And so therefore I feel like even though we offer surveys to help capture some of those missed opportunities, I really feel it's important that we are hearing the stories and their experiences, which do have an impact, uh, I think, beyond what we see on an indicator in a data table. So therefore, I feel like I have a duty to uh, to um, I have a duty to capture those experiences and share our purpose so others understand the need, uh, can be involved in the process, um, or at least know that um, if they were affected in some capacity, that we are aware and that we'll be building uh, things to address those issues. Oh, thank you for sharing. And speaking of stories, Shaheen, wow. So as a parent working on PTA council, leadership roles, um, what has your experience been in Laguna Beach Unified around our DDI work? Yeah, well, I started really like you, a PTA mom, mm -hmm. you know, um, and got really involved in just volunteering, really, for our kids and our community. And when the school board decided to do this anti-racist resolution, is when I really got captivated by the work that we were doing and wanted to be involved in that. And actually, the attorney in me tried to offer some language, <laughs> some language. <laughs> um, 
And, and I was privileged enough to be able to be a part of the Equity Steering Committee and have gotten to know Justin um, at Ed Elements and others really well. And the work that we did in the Equity Committee has been really beautiful, right? Because we're having these conversations as stakeholders about intersectionality and making sure everybody knows what that is. And what does equity mean? What does it look like? And how do you, how do you see it and identify it? And those are really important conversations um, that, we're, that we just started to have collectively as a community, I feel, in, in deep and meaningful ways. And I'm excited for what is still yet to come, right? With, to, to Joe's point, I mean, we have some data, we have some data now. But now how do we do things like ongoing conversations? How do we get uncomfortable with each other and, and trust each other as a community of parents and students and teachers and be willing to be vulnerable with each other? So that's that's really what I'm stand what I'm standing for and what I look forward to in the future. Thank you so much, Shaheen, for sharing that. It is such an interesting perspective to come up in the community as a parent volunteer and see you stepping forth to take action and support us through our PTAs. We we truly appreciate your efforts. Um, next, Justin, I would just love to hear from you today. Um, talk to us a little bit about your experience working with our school district through your work with Ed Elements. Yes, well, quite like literally logistically, as Shaheen mentioned, there's the the board's anti-racist resolution and, and in seeking partnership to really find ways to bring, uh, you know, those lofty goals to life. Uh, that is, that's how we were able to to join. Uh, but, but honestly, as I take a step back and listen to all of the other, you know, roles that everyone else brings to the table, um, this is the kind of momentum that, that many organizations, district systems are unable to kind of build and sustain over time. Uh, and for, for me, for, for us, and I want to shout out my teammates, Kristen and Marielle, um, who aren't able to be here with me, but definitely really support the work. Um, it's important that we're able to really capture that momentum that communities are building and that they have started and use all these wonderful assets and skills in the community to, to do our best to develop a strategy and take that strategy um, as our structure moving forward to really find psychologically safe opportunities uh, to build spaces for learning and development. Uh, uh, and which has honestly been really predicated upon the strong relationships that we've built with educators and stakeholders in the community. Uh, so I see my role as just continuing to uh, be mindful of all the wonderful things that are currently going on so we can continue to build towards the future uh, that I know the team really wants to see uh, sooner than later. Yeah, we are just so lucky to work with you and the team. It has been just absolutely incredible seeing the power of a few people coming together with purpose. And so, Shannon, my next question's for you. As you've been engaged in this challenging work for many years, what advice do you have for our schools as we engage in our diversity, equity, and inclusion work? That's a great question. Um, you know, I think to uh, Shaheen's point that getting everyone to the table, having those conversations, making people feel uncomfortable is actually a good thing. Um, one of the things that we do see in this work a lot is that people think it's a one and done, right? We do a quick training or we read a book or we watch a podcast and now all of a sudden we're anti-biased, we're anti-racist, we're, you know, we've, we've, we've done it. And those are fantastic starts. Those are great, amazing ways to begin your journey. 
but it is a journey, it's a process, it takes time and it takes effort. It unfortunately takes being uncomfortable. It takes coming to the table with vulnerability and an open mind and a willingness to understand different perspectives that maybe you've never even heard before. And um, it's not pretty work necessarily, but it's so important and it's so valuable and the more open-minded, the more empathetic you can be, and the more you can um, be patient and easy with yourself in that process, the, the farther you're gonna go in it, because again, it takes time, it is a process, and um, you know, just at one step every day is such a great way for folks to really uh, make a difference and make a change. And um, so I think understanding that and having that community come together, especially when you have such a wonderful group of folks want to come together, want to learn, want to grow, and want to make change. Um, you know, to Justin's point, right? When you've got that kind of momentum and that kind of energy, um, you you can change the world. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I say just stick with it, keep going. It's hard. It's sometimes messy, um, but that's where you're really going to find some beauty and some growth and some amazing relationships and connections that you never knew you could have before. Well, I really appreciate you talking about that that feeling of uncomfortableness. You know, somebody had described it to me when you're doing this work. Um, there's there's this feeling that you have to accept non-closure, and that is so against everything we know. We are in this Amazon Prime culture where we expect instant results, mm-hmm. instant solutions, and so I love that you validate that point, that there is this place that you have to toggle with where it can feel uncomfortable. You might not have closure, but the work must continue. So I really appreciate that you illuminated that for us. Um, Justin, same question to you. You've been intimately involved with our work over the last year. What feedback do you have? Well, the first is is to really allow what you've learned to guide your next steps. It's, uh, as we've just been talking about, it's people want to see action, want to see kind of demonstrable, large, um, you know, events take place for them to feel like this is a more equitable place and more diverse, um, you know, community, et cetera. And it's really important to, to, to kind of honor the space that you're in and in the moment and honor what you've learned kind of as, as you've gone through this journey. And so that's what I've kind of been mentioning around the, the number of assets that we've had. They, like each of those wonderful members of the community um, that we've been able to engage with have helped us kind of really continue to broaden our perspective to understand the impact that uh, Laguna Beach Unified being a more equitable district, having more equitable schools, like what that could really look like. So, so I look at it less as, uh, I don't really believe in like building the plane as you fly. I don't think that's possible, but it, I do believe in, you know, we're laying the tracks down before the train gets there. So the train has been rolling. And as we continue to define our new directions, how can we really make sure that we're intentionally laying those tracks down that allow us to get where we want to go while not, you know, letting that train, you know, derail, right? Uh, and so that, that's really big for me. And then the other piece is just that the goals that we do have are possible. Um, the community does have exactly what it needs right now to get the work done. Um, and I've seen that as someone who's been facilitating conversations and who does my best to kind of take my voice out of it. Uh, I know that these are, these are uh, conversations, concepts that uh, the community really is engaged in and wants to continue to have uh, conversations around. So the more we can uh, build thoughtful opportunities for that to occur, the better. So just getting everyone really excited about the possibilities and knowing that, that we have what we need 
um, are the messages that I really want to share with the community. And what I want people to take away as they continue to move forward with work that is definitely not done, uh, but, but we've made a lot of wonderful strides that I'm super proud of um, in this year and change that I've been uh, a part of the district. Thank you for that. And I love that analogy with the train tracks. I'm gonna definitely use that one. Um, Noah, having been a student in LBUSD for many years, experiencing our schools and the positive challenges through your journey, what feedback do you have for staff, fellow students, and our community around this topic? Um, as, I, as I've said before, um, I've been a student here since elementary school. And I honestly just, I first just wanna say, every teacher I've had, I've had a wonderful experience with. I think that I feel very lucky to be a part of this uh, community and to have gone through this amazing school district. We have such great academics, such great sports, such great arts, but I feel like where we've been lacking over the years is concrete programming around diversity, equity, and inclusion. Um, I think that I speak for other students when I say like, we, we really wanna have those uncomfortable moments, but I feel like we haven't necessarily been given concrete opportunities that aren't like optional but are mandatory things and I think that it's important that diversity equity and inclusion programming is more of a priority just as arts and sports are I think that the point in education is to not just produce smart people but to produce well-rounded people who have a more nuanced view of the world and accept others for who they are and I think that more concrete programming would help do that. Oh, thank you. And Shaheen, that brings me back to several conversations that you and I have had about our students being global citizens totally. and truly leaving with more than just an academic future, but being able to go out and be competitive and to work in a diverse world. Um, for you, I'd, I'd just be curious. Um, you've been such an incredible advocate for our students being a member of PTA and district committees, including our equity steering committee. If you could share what you have learned as a member of the steering committee and the next steps you believe would be important for our work. I mean, I've learned, I've learned a lot um, uh, during our last year of equity work uh, with, uh, with Ed, Ed, Ed Elements. But I just wanted to go back to something Noah said, which is when I hear Noah speak and when I look at the data that we just got from the, the results from the survey, the students, the kids, as I'll call them, <laughs> these kiddos have asked us. They have clear asks of us as, as a community, as, as, as the grown-ups in the room, right? They want us to do things. And I think sometimes our generation feels afraid to do the things. But our kids are completely ready for these conversations. They want these conversations. They want more equity and inclusion in their programming and their curriculum. They're asking for it. And we may not be ready for it, right? So. So that's one thing I wanted to just touch upon. So parents, I want us to get ready faster than, sooner than later. The other thing I wanted to say was one of the things I think is my role, right, as a, as a PTA volunteer, as a parent advocate, is to now after this year of working with, with the Equity Steering Committee is to start holding space. So to, Joy's, to Joe's point, let's get more people involved in this conversation. I don't have to be the only one talking and, and you know raising a flag or whatnot. So that's what I would like to do more of. And what I've seen too, I've gotten calls from parents, and I love that, I do, that, that this happens, that parents can call me and have concerns or questions about things related to diversity, equity, inclusion, belonging, justice. And um, 
they feel comfortable talking to me about these things. And then I can say, great, as a parent advocate and as a PTA volunteer, here are all the levers you can pull to get the work done. And here's the ways in which you can get involved. And so I will happily do that and hold that space for our community and in whatever way else I can help. But that's, these are the things that I've learned in ways in which I can be a better advocate for our, for our kiddos. Awesome. Thank you for that. I appreciate that. And I also appreciate Shaheen as one I can always call as a parent to get a perspective as we're working through um, all of our challenges. And I appreciate you being the person that I can call well, <laughs> and get advice. But I, I do always. say gear up, parents, because we would <laughs> love to have more of our parents here and involved. And I know that the work is necessary and there's a lot of people that can contribute. So looking forward to that. Uh, Joe. You have had the incredible opportunity of leading TMS the last several years. What opportunity do you see here to advance our equity work with the focus on improving experiences for all students? Well, I'd like to start by saying that we have a very inspiring beginning. Um, I think through conversations with staff, we're in a very open space about using data as a spotlight and not a hammer meaning that I feel like we're in a place where we have, you know, accepted that the educational landscape evolves and, uh, and we all are very comfortable knowing that we don't have all of the answers and we're equally comfortable and reflective enough to say whether this is working or not working. And, and we strongly believe that a teaming approach is the best way to begin to explore um, the problem and potential solutions to address those, whether that's reviewing evidence-based practices, uh, having a common understanding around the skills that we want our students to leave with, um, ways in which certain supports shape practices, um, and looking for alignment within those opportunities to support the growth, especially in the area of equity. Um, over the last year or so prior to um, my exposure to some of this equity work, we were really looking at um, our multi-tiered system of support tools and using some assessment tools that were provided to us by the state of California to assess our tiered practices as it relates to academics, behavior, school policy, communication, professional development and coaching, parent partnerships. And it quickly helped us to identify um, areas of strength and also areas that we want, want to grow in. And then we pair that with various survey data where we can begin to see how maybe one practice may affect the results or potentially the perceptions of others. And I think going back to what Shannon's point is that I think that we have a, a history of potentially assemblies, kindness challenges, but with all of those efforts and some aspects, we're seeing that some in some cases with our data, that it's not making the shift that we're all hoping for. And so I think as we continue to explore evidence-based practices, uh, we wanna look for things that are more sustainable on our campus, that are more student-driven, um, that allow students to um, practice advocacy and, and also become desensitized to uh, having conversations, open conversations about how certain actions affect one another. And I think as we continue to go down that path I, and, and continue to bring the right people uh, on board, I think that the possibilities uh, could be endless. And so it is just a very inspiring start um, to these conversations. And as I mentioned, I think 
people want to begin to address them and look at look at things differently. And so it's just really an exciting place to be um, with all of all of you and for others that will come on board later. Thank you for that. And just to follow up to that, as we were looking at some of the DEI survey results and some of the information that was gleamed in our community meetings, um, was there anything that stood out to you in response in the responses from our students? around the work and the willingness to come together to find solutions. Yeah, I think I think that, you know, we as staff members um, work tremendously hard with great intent to do what's right by kids. And oftentimes the perception could be different, you know, as far as let's use uh, school connectedness as an example. Um, I don't know of one particular teacher on this campus or in any place that I work where there's just it makes it has bad intentions or does not want to connect with kids. I think there are efforts, but in some cases there are some practices that are stronger than others. And so I think it just takes like as we talked about, you have to be in a vulnerable space to be open and honest and really look at the data and go is what we've done in the past truly working. And so I think that's one area that I think that I would like to, um, you know, improve on. And I think too, also, um, really our PBIS work and and also uh, these quote unquote uh, bully free zones or bully free campuses. And, and to the point of the discussion earlier about assemblies or one stop programs, I think they are one potential solution to a lot of different practices that probably need to accompany them to ensure that we are sustaining our work. And so I think we definitely have to have more of a comprehensive look about how we're um, addressing student needs, how we're educating students about how their behavior impacts um, one another. And then I think in some cases, you know, when students are going through this process of trying to identify who they are at this unique time in middle school, I think there's some risk taking that's happening. And in some cases that risk taking uh, may be um, ignorant comments or acting out of character. And so I think if you have restorative practices that are in place that teach students, you know, um, how their behavior has affected uh, another person on their campus and what are they going to do to make things right, we begin to start curving and shaping that behavior over time. So uh, I, I think that there is a lot of different potential avenues and, and practices out there that might help um, support those two issues. But I think too, it, it also is just that ongoing touch point, knowing that the landscape continually involves. So definitely some elements of progress monitoring along the way. Thank you. Dr. Valoria, as we continue to engage in this work, what opportunities do you see to advance? That's a great question. I think um, opportunities exist at all of our campuses. Um, we recognize through the feedback we've received that uh, there are some challenges that our students are facing that we weren't necessarily aware of. Um, and I think those are, it's positive for us to find opportunities to grow. Uh, oftentimes, I think we can shy away from um, those areas where we think that uh, we're, we're not doing well and we don't want to be upfront about it. But in, in an equity work uh, process, you have to be upfront about what's not working for our students. And so in order to do that, you need to ask a lot of questions. And that's been probably the most valuable part of this work is asking questions and continuing to ask the questions around you know, what is working for students, what is working individually for parents. Um, and what's not working. And um, you know, getting a collective understanding of that helps move the work forward. At times, I think uh, it can be s a little slower than people would like it to be, and I think we have to recognize that. 
um, the work is slow and methodical and um, you know in the thoughtful process that we take in the school district when we implement new ideas new concepts we always want to think you know what is the end impact that we're making and to do that you have to take the process a little slower than you might want to um, from an outsider's perspective so uh, you know the committees have been fantastic we have school site committees working on this work and I think that's what's going to be um, the biggest uh, opportunity in our school district is really having our students engage in the work at the school site level and from a curriculum and instruction opportunities as well as activities that um, provide students opportunities to really engage in the work that we're doing here in, in our school district around this uh, topic that can be challenging um, for um, for many reasons, obviously political reasons um, that uh, that often exist. But, you know, our students really do get along very well with each other, and we just need to find ways to um, grow that on behalf of all kids. So, Thank you. Noah, as a student, uh, you bring up so many amazing points about perspective. And as we look at engaging the broader community, what advice would you have for us as we continue to make this work a priority for our school district? I think that as we move forward, I believe that we should definitely incorporate a lot of this programming with the younger kids, because I think that's really where it starts. Um, when I was in Top of the World, uh, or at Top of the World, I, I would hear the the, the um, quote unquote, oh, that's so gay phrase. And I remember thinking, well, what, what does that mean? Um, it really doesn't mean anything when you think about it, but it's offensive and I didn't know why and kids say it and kids just repeat what they say. They hear things on social media, they're hearing things on video games, on social media anyway, and I think parents are afraid to talk about those things even when their kids are hearing it anyway. Mm -hmm. And I think that starting at that level is important and working up from there is where we go. But, yeah. Love that. And Shaheen, as a parent, I'm sure you have conversations daily, I mean, with your children. And are there any strategies that um, you use as a parent to talk to them about things that they may be hearing at school and not fully understand. No matter how shocked I am about what comes out of their mouth, I don't show it. I, I want to make sure they know that they can come and say whatever they want to and, they, and it will be received without reaction. I mean, and then we can have a conversation about it. And that's really hard sometimes. Sometimes you're just flattened by what comes out of their mouths, right? Um, but I also wanted just to add for parents, because it's hard for us. There's a lot of stuff we never had to deal with, right? We didn't have social media to deal with um, and the pressures that comes with that. And I think sometimes what's helpful, right? We're trying to, like, this happens here at Thurston. We're trying to let our kids be more self-advocates. But they need a lot of help from home, too. And that kind of background way of, you know, the school sort of saying, here, there's some sensitive topics that are coming up, parents be ready to have some conversations at home. Maybe here are some links of ways in which you can read a little bit about it or how to address these things at home. Those are helpful for us because, again, we didn't go through what they're going through. We grew up in a different time, and to the extent that we're partners with our schools and our communities, we kind of all have to work off the same playbook, right? Um, so that that's something I just wanted to add, that I think those are helpful helpful for us as parents as we navigate this together. Oh, I appreciate that perspective. And 
uh, Shannon, as, as you hear us and you hear the parent perspective, the student perspective, and this desire to broaden our community and bring them to the table, what advice do you have for us on, on expanding these conversations? You know, I'm, I want to echo everything everyone's already said, which I won't. Um, but, you know, to Noah's point, a lot of students say things just because they don't know what it means, right? And then the parents hear it and they don't know what to do with that. And so, you know, Orange County, we're so fortunate because there are so many resources and so many um, organizations here in Orange County and, and Endeavor, Justin, <laughs> um, right? So many, so many wonderful organizations, not just locally, but obviously um, around the country that can help us with those resources, right? And so um, resources from ADL, resources from uh, Justin's organization, resources from OC Human Relations, you know, there's so many wonderful resources out there. And to get that education, because to Shaheen's point, you know, we didn't have social media as parents. We, you know, when we were young, we didn't have these experiences. And so really having that understanding of what that's, where these students are coming from and what's happening. And, you know, unfortunately, Thanks to the, the pandemic, we've actually seen a huge uptick in uh, bullying and biased behaviors and incidents on campuses now. Not here, not, not necessarily in Laguna Beach, but all over. We've seen these in all of our schools in Orange County, all over, um, throughout all of the regions that we have ADL offices, um, because the students have, have forgotten how to have um, social interactions that are positive, um, you know, and that requires so much more effort and time from the parents, from the community, from the school, from the teachers, from everyone. And so my thought, my suggestion would be really take advantage of all those resources that are out there. Um, you know, we wanna work with uh, the parents, with the communities, with the students, with the schools, with the faculty, with everyone to really get all stakeholders on at the same page, working together to create that inclusive environment. And, um, and that's how we're going to make that change, right? Helping everyone come to the table with the language, with a shared understanding of how to have these conversations and to, to kind of move through that together as a community. Noah, how might some groups of students be experiencing school climate differently than others? Um, I hope this doesn't come off the wrong way, but I, I just want to say, like, we live in a, in a fairly homogenous community. And I think that being at the high school, sometimes, if, you know, if you're not white and Christian, sometimes it's a little hard to fit in. Um, if you're a person of color, if you're, uh, you know, a different religion, if you're Jew, I'm, I'm Jewish, if you're Jewish, if you're um, anything that's not quote unquote normal, sometimes there has, there's ridicule for that. Um, like no one's going to make fun of you for being white or being, or believing in Jesus. Let's, let's be honest. Um, in my personal experience, um, I've seen a lot of anti-Semitism at Laguna Beach High. Um, a couple examples, um, I run track and cross country, and I don't know, during cross country, uh, my kid just decided, hey, I, I wanna hail Hitler today, so that's what I'm gonna do on this run. Um, I've seen swastikas in the bathrooms. Um, I've had people like say, hey Noah, hey Noah, you should draw a swastika on your paper, do it, do it, do it, as if I would find that funny. Um, so, I. I guess um, experiences like that make me realize that we've created a campus culture in which saying things like that are okay. We've normalized a lot of things. And I think that 
by having more concrete programming that is not optional but mandatory, I think we need to slowly start shifting our campus culture at not only Laguna Beach High, but top of the world, at El Moro, at Thurston, at all the levels. Um, because by normalizing language like that, we make it okay and it just becomes perpetuated and then that's that. So. Yeah, I appreciate your perspective with that and your willingness to share that. Um, do you have students that have also shared experiences with you that um, we should be aware of and things that we can work on as a school district? Um, I'm just trying to think for a second. You don't have to yeah. answer that one either. It's no, I, I can't answer other. Um, <laughs> I, I know a student who was made fun of for being Asian. He, he's, someone came up to him one day and said, hey, you're such a fat Asian. Um, and kids started laughing because they thought it was, you know, funny. But that's not funny. It's not okay. Um, but, I mean, there are countless instances like that. And because of all of those instances, people just keep doing it. And people just think it's okay because we don't talk about it. And we really need to start having those discussions. If you could um, give advice to teachers for students that are coming into their classroom about how they can create safe spaces for students and ensure that things like that are shut down immediately. What advice would you give teachers, administrators? Talk to the students. It should be a part of class. I think that it's important to take a moment, you know, take two minutes during the week to just have a little discussion like that. See how your students are doing. Um, I think that, you know, they're not just students, they're people, and they have issues like that going on at school. People say things, and it's hurtful. And I think that it's the responsibility of also the teachers to have those discussions. Um, I would just like to say a little shout out to, I think that um, one exceptional teacher at Laguna Beach High has been Mr. Garvey. Um, and he's a perfect example of that, of what I just said. He does not just care about his students' academics, but he cares about them as a person. And when a student is having trouble or is having an issue, he's always there to talk to them. And I think that more teachers need to be just like that. Thank you. I appreciate it. I'd just like to say to Noah uh, how much I appreciate him sharing uh, what's going on at the school, what opportunities that he sees we have as a school district to improve, and really highlighting the power of words. Uh, oftentimes, uh, you know, I think people don't recognize the power of their words. Um, and Noah pointed out multiple instances where uh, students were asking him to do things that were really inappropriate and um, thinking that it, it, was, it was humorous. And I think for us, that's a, that's a knowledge gap that we as a school district and we as a broader community need to take on and help students understand that, um, as he pointed out, you know, uh, having swastikas drawn on a notebook uh, what what does that really actually mean? And oftentimes there's a gap in education in that uh, students are, are thinking that's just a funny joke to make when we as adults all recognize that that is in no way, shape, or form uh, a humorous um, sign. And so um, you know, having this conversation actually with Shannon uh, previously, uh, I know that the ADL has been doing a significant amount of work trying to help uh, our younger generations understand the power of language, the power of, of symbols. And as Noah highlights over and over again in, in his comments, um, you know, it's really around establishing strong relationships with our, with each other, but in having staff understand 
um, having staff call out those instances, um, not looking away, but uh, engaging and, and having our students become upstanders in those conversations as well. So um, th- that's our work, uh, you know, that as, as educators, we have to address issues as they arise. We have to make sure that our classrooms, classroom environments um, are open for all students to feel uh, accepted. Um, and, you know, that's, that's on us. And so I really appreciate Noah bringing forward um, those concerns and, and what he has seen. Uh, he's been in this district for a long time. And so, you know, as he mentions, there, there are opportunities at every level, at every school um, that, we can, that we can address. And uh, we need to listen to the students, listen to their openness, their willingness to share. Uh, that is something that I think that we have done a great job of as we've engaged in this equity work. And we need to continue to do uh, because I've listened to students say, this is the first time someone's asked me a question like this outside of academics. Uh, this can't be the first uh, and last time we talk to our students around issues of culture and race and, and equity and diversity and, inclu- and, and inclusion. It just can't be. Um, so this will be something that will be an ongoing conversation because we know things evolve. And as things evolve, our students will evolve and, and we need to evolve with them to make sure we're meeting their needs. So. Again, it's, it's really powerful to have students involved in listening to what they have to say. Um, maybe we as, as parents, you know, speaking as a parent, can be better about listening to our kids and what their needs are and what they're hearing at school. And, um, but also, you know, reaching out to other adults and engaging them in that work. And um, I think we as adults owe it to our younger generation to be upstanders as well. Um, Oftentimes, you know, that isn't the case, and we expect the young generation to be upstanders, and we are not doing that ourselves. So um, I would encourage everybody in, our, in Laguna Beach, uh, the students we serve, parents, we have an opportunity here. Let's be upstanders. Let's show our students what it means to be respectful of others and how we will continue to work together to make this a better place for all students. Um, Justin, I wanted to kind of talk to you about the controversy we see with our DEI work. And um, it is just a hot button topic. And that causes a lot of fear and really makes parents question what the school district is doing around the work. And so what advice would you give parents that want to better understand the work, want to get involved, but also do not want to have their child learning concepts from a school district that they might not be on board with. Right, and, and you all have seen me in action. I'm really comfortable, you know, kind of answering some of those questions in the moment and, and honestly welcome uh, descending voices because it really helps us to broaden our perspective in many ways. Uh, you can't really harp on the, the benefits of equity and, and still close your mind to, to other voices and perspectives. And so for me, it is really, really important one that, that no matter you know, kind of where people are coming from, that everyone knows that, that, that their voice matters and, and is welcome. And we need to create intentional opportunities. And I've actually really um, been proud of and respected the efforts that, that schools and that the district overall has taken to go that extra mile to, to build inclusive opportunities to allow everyone uh, to get involved at, at whatever level they 
they're interested in or or have the time um, and attention to. And so for, for us, it is important one to know that the controversy is there and to name it. Uh, you all have heard me at the beginning of kind of any of our engagements is to um, kind of recognize the elephant in the room and then kind of bring the elephant to the, to the front center uh, so we can all talk about it, you know, make any other comments we have to and then allow it to go on about its business. And, and I think the more that we are willing to, um, a lot of people say, uh, talk about having uncomfortable conversations. They, they talk about why you need to do it. Uh, but once you're actually in that moment, when you have to sit in it, you do realize that it's, it's not easy to, uh, it's not easy to conjure those moments, but when it's there, it's really important for us to be present, accept it, and do our best to see that as a learning opportunity. Uh, the wonderful thing that, that, that I feel like a privilege that I have of one of working with uh, educators around the country, working with parents who care about what's going on in their, in, in their community, in their schools, working with students who have, you know, wonderful, bright futures ahead of them is that we all are about learning. And so the second that we stop learning in any way, shape or form or fashion, secondly, we stop listening to others. That's when we lose that momentum. So as long as we continue to value and center learning, and I always say, keep the main thing, the main thing, and that's focusing on Noah. That's focusing on, as Shaheen said, continue to listen to student voices. And we can't hear them say, hey, I want more concrete programming. Hey, as parents, we want our students, yes, to have a great academic experience, but a well-rounded experience. We can't hear that and then ignore that and say, nope, like that's not what we're going to spend our time on, right? Knowing that that's ultimately who we want to serve. So so for me, controversy is there, yes, uh, but the more we can recognize it head on, it allows us to really focus on the more important work. And I found that even those, like I said, early on uh, descending voices, by the end of those sessions, you know, those are the people that I'm walking out with after everyone else has left, uh, building real connections and learning about, you know, their perspectives and where they're coming from. So just having that space, having that opportunity to learn. And I know a lot of the, the people that are here present with us today have different roles and opportunities to learn from their own perspectives. Uh, it doesn't just have to be, you know, an outside facilitator. I think once we all kind of see that as being central to the way that we're able to push the work forward, uh, it'll, it'll continue to do just that. I appreciate that and definitely have personally experienced it um, as an educator, came into the DEI work probably four years ago and prior to that was clueless. Um, and so having people that I could go to and ask conversation, have conversations with and really giving language to it. I didn't even know what I didn't know. <laughs> and so that is such a powerful thing for people to be able to speak their truth and, and come and talk to us and engage. Um, we want to hear from everybody. And so, Joe, that brings me to you. If I was a parent at Thurston, uh, what would be your advice if I was a little bit concerned about what was going on on campus around DEI work? What would you advise me to do? Let's talk about it. I mean, that would be pretty much my, my approach. You know, I am very transparent. I'm always putting my heart on the table, assuming good intentions. And, and I think, you know, it's just about being very explicit about trying to understand the complexity of the potential issues that are out there. And then being very open about ways in which we can generate solutions to help support our kids. And I think that's a shared interest that we have. We want to make sure that we're providing the very best whole child experience for our students. And so, you know, when we look at information or feedback from students or survey data, 
uh, and we see something that is uh, you know outside of that, what can we do to work together to support that? So I always say that you know if you are uh, hearing a rumor or if you are uh, you know have maybe a potential misconception about the work, you know always do not hesitate in reaching out and, and contacting me and I'm um, my door is always open. I would love to have a conversation and also uh, share out our um, how our work evolves. Our work is evolving over time. So welcome that at any time. Thank you. And this has just been a, an incredible conversation. And I wanted to give each of you a chance to, to talk to us about what equity means to you, what it means to you as an individual. And so I wanted to first give that opportunity to Noah. If you could tell us what, what does the word equity mean to you? I think that for me, equity means raising everyone up to the same level. And when I say that, I feel like sometimes others look down on, some people look down on other people for not, you know, having some certain quality. And I think that it's important to have programs and education that really speaks to showing that, you know, really we're all, we're all the same. Um, it's okay if you come from this background and I come from this background, but that doesn't make you any better or, at or, or at any better or any worse. And I think that for me, it means educating others to teach them about how, teach them the importance of looking at each other's equals. Thank you. And Shaheen. It's like the most esoteric question. Right, you yeah. know, wow. we wanna end with a bang. Okay, um, okay, I would say equity to me means access but equity alone actually personally doesn't have any meaning to me in this way. Without inclusion, it actually doesn't mean anything. I can have as many people in the room with as many resources as I possibly can, but unless that person that I brought into that room feels like welcome to take part, right? And welcome to make themselves, um, you, you know, they, they can use those resources or be a part of this community and conversation then it doesn't really mean anything to me. So I don't actually separate those two things personally. I, I recently heard someone say, you know, we can invite everybody to the dance, but if we don't play the music that they actually enjoy dancing to, then it doesn't really matter that we invited them to the dance. So that's what I just wanted to say, that, that I'm, I'm, I'm all for us talking about equity and providing resources and all those things. I also wanna make sure that that is never separated from inclusion and belonging. Okay. especially for our kids. Appreciate that. And Joe, we'd love to hear from you. Well, I, I feel like equity means that everyone has the supports they need to feel successful and, and that they are, are successful. And I think, you know, as long as we're constantly um, reflecting and looking at students and not only seeing the results, but hearing from them that they're feeling good about those results, I think we're on the right track. Appreciate that. And Shannon? love to hear from you. Um, I think equity, uh, to Shaheen's point, is in and of itself, uh, it needs more. It needs uh, inclusion. It needs um, resources. It needs uh, the ability to make policies and change and make a difference. Um, you know, oftentimes we, we work from a place of the golden rule of you know treat people the way that you want to be treated and i think for me equity 
really encompasses um, what I've heard as the platinum rule, which is treat everybody the way they want to be treated. So we all come from different backgrounds and experiences and cultures, and uh, you know the way that maybe I view respect is very different than the way someone else views respect. And so the best way that I can be equitable in resources and, and access and inclusion is to ensure that someone else's view of respect is how they're being treated. Um, and so I would, I would again, you know, kind of add, it, it, it's a very complex word and concept and needs more than uh, just in and of itself being equitable or being fair or equal. I appreciate that. And Justin, share with us what equity means to you. I really love the way it's been conceptualized by everyone here. And so I will definitely, you know, plus one and echo everything that's been said. And 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 this is a really forward thinking group. And so I think I'm going to I'm going to give you all a little bit of an, an exclusive here as a way that I'm as someone who's always kind of innovative and thinking ahead the way that I'm now thinking about equity, because as you all said, the term in itself as it's been either misappropriated or or in many cases kind of misconnected or disconnected to its real purpose. I'm trying to think kind of outside of that term as to what the larger work and the things that we're trying to, to accomplish are. And that's really around developing this, this culture of reciprocity. And, that's, and this is that understanding that within an ecosystem, within a, a district, a community, a school, that the success of the collective is inextricably connected, it's inextricably linked, right, to the success of each individual within it. And so as we, I think of it as like kind of the anti-weakest link rule. In this case, uh, anytime that we realize we have a weakest link, we don't say goodbye and kind of cut them off. We instead realize that we have more work to do to ensure that they're having a, a successful experience that we know is, is really a possible. Um, we know that many folks are able to have on a daily basis within Laguna Beach Unified. So yes, equity, uh, and I've loved what everyone said about inclusion and belonging, but really moving toward the space of reciprocity where we understand that we go as far as everyone else does within this collective. Um, and that's what I felt engaging in the work with the team so far, and, and that's where I want us to take this work moving forward. And Dr. Valoria, as we've heard each of our amazing stakeholders share about what equity means to them. I bring that question to you. As a superintendent, educational leader, father of students in our schools, what does equity mean to you? That's a great question. I think the, the panel so far has done a fantastic job really highlighting that um, it's a real personal conversation and um, really appreciate Shaheen's perspective as well. Um, talking about how we can't leave inclusion out of the conversation when we talk about equity. And so for me, um, again, being a, a parent in, in this district as, as well as a superintendent, uh, I think equity is really around every student every day. How are we meeting the individual needs on a daily basis, um, whether students are walking in with social emotional challenges that day? Uh, how are we responding as a school district and as staff to that student's needs that day. And we recognize every day students walk in with a variety of challenges that shift from one day to the next. So we have to be nimble in our processes. And in order to do that, we have to be aware of what's going on with our students and with our staff and each other um, and in our broader community. So I think you know, equity is really around the opportunity to meet the individual needs of our students. And at the same time, including students in the work and so 
Um, as Shaheen stated, again, that inclusivity component is something that um, we really are challenged by in, in our small little district because there's just very few students. And so how do you make sure that you create an inclusive environment for all students um, that, uh, that the students feel welcome? And I think we do a great job welcoming new students into our school district, but I think there's opportunities for growth in, in that area. And I think, again, um, equity as the journey that we've been on uh, here in Laguna Beach has been one that um, we've identified early on that it wasn't just around uh, the color of one student's skin, but potentially income, um, language barriers, um, special education status. Uh, you know, th those are things that oftentimes get left out of the equity conversation. And so we have to be very, very thoughtful that the conversation doesn't get oversimplified because I think if we do that, we will realize that there are students that needs that are not being met. So with that, I think this has just been um, probably the one greater conversation you can have in the school district, trying to determine how you can get better around the individual needs, not just focusing on academic, really focusing on whole child. And um, that's what I'm probably most proud about this work is that it's really about how we are making well-rounded students um, that are going to go out into the world and you know, do to create things. And we, our students do that. And, uh, that's our, that's our job is to help our students become the greatest person that they can be. I appreciate that. And very happy to be a part of this district. Um, since the moment I walked in, um, DEI is a part of everything we do. And it has been awesome engaging with staff, students, and parents in this work. Well, thank you so much. And thank you to each and every one of you for being here. It is so powerful to hear your perspective and appreciate the work that you're doing within our school district. Thank you for listening to episode 16 of Inside LBUSD. If you have any podcast questions or suggestions, please visit lbusd.org slash podcast and let us know your thoughts. As always, please stay safe and healthy, and we hope you have a wonderful weekend.